let's um, let's turn our Bibles to Hebrews chapter ten, and I'm reading from verse twelve. It says, "But this man, after he has offered, or after he had offered, for offered one sacrifice for sins, forever." sat down on the right hand of God from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he had perfected forever them that are sanctified. Wherefore the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us For after that he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. So I'll put my principles into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities Will I remember no more? Now where there is a remission of sins, there is no more, it says, offering for sin. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest of all, it says, by a new and living way, which he has now consecrated for us, that is through the field, that is to save his flesh. All right, so we've been looking at this subject of uh, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ uh, that he did once and for all. And after that sacrifice was offered, uh, Jesus has one central expectation that all of his enemies shall be subdued under him by way of that sacrifice that he had offered. I mean, from the beginning, God had said to Satan that uh, the seed of the woman shall bruise your head and you shall bruise, all right, it's heel. And somewhere else, I think it was Paul also that said, God shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. So there's this Covenant that God has with Jesus Christ. And the covenant, when we say covenant, an agreement that sits at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. So it tells us in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 13, there's something I want to show. Hebrews 1, 13, it said, But to which of the angels said he at any time, sit on my right hand, until I make thine enemies thy footstool. So once I have made your enemies your footstool, then you get up. And it says, what are angels? They are all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. So Jesus is seated according to this word, until, which means after the enemies are made his footstool, then God says, you can and you will get up. 
And that is exactly what Paul was talking about when he said, uh, verse, verse, um, 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 24, it says, Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and authority and power, for he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet, so he must reign. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death, for he hath put all things under his feet, but when he saith all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is expected which did put all things under him. It says, and when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son also be made subject unto him. It says, that had put all things under him. And then it talks about that God may be all in all. So it speaks about this same thing, all right, that was spoken about in Hebrews, right? That he will deliver the kingdom after everything has been placed underneath him. So you can see how important this is to the arrangement of God. That is uh, victory there. So he's seated and he's reigning until all things be put under him. So it's in a, 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 you have to get this because I'm talking about warfare here. All right, he's in a position where he's reigning, that's his consciousness. Uh, why am I saying this? Uh, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 6, it says, Likewise, yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, so that sin will have no dominion over you. So one of the principles of dominion is that no matter what you are facing, you yield yourself unto God as one that is dominating that thing and then it's brought under your feet. Do you get what I'm saying here? You are not yielding yourself to God as one that is in a combat. All right? You are yielding yourself unto God as one who is alive from the dead, seated together with Jesus. That is your warfare. Now, when you yield yourself that way, then God can now work in you, all right, to produce what you are yielding yourself, all right, to him as. I mean, it tells us, let's look for the scripture here, uh, in Romans chapter 6, it says this, it says that, all right, Romans 6 uh, verse 12, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey its loss thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself, which means how are you going to overcome? Yield yourselves unto God as those who are alive from the dead and your members unto God 
as instruments of righteousness. So what you do is you are worshiping God as one who is alive from the dead, that death cannot dominate, and you are worshiping him that your members are free from sin and have no desire to sin. You get what I'm saying here? Even though you just felt like sinning 30 minutes ago. But when you get before God in worship, you worship him as one who is alive from the dead and you sing about your members as instruments, all right, of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. In other words, the grace comes in to fulfill what you have yielded yourself to God as. Do you get what I'm saying here? So if you come to it murmuring and complaining, there is nothing God can do. If you come to it crying, all right, that you have been defeated, then you have blocked, all right, okay, the, 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 what's the word? The, 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 all right. You have blocked the, the ability of that sacrifice, all right, to work on your behalf. Now, I want to show something here. Okay? You have worked, all right? So, the basis of your relationship, that's why it says, let us come boldly, all right, to the throne of grace on the basis of the fact that there is a new and living way that has been made. Uh, when people like David approached God, they approached God as the seed of Abraham. When you approach God, all right, you're approaching God in terms of you being in Christ. Now, that is the basis upon which you approach God. Outside of that, there is no legitimacy in the realm of the spirit. Now, I'm saying this because I want to get into spiritual warfare. I want to show the error that people get into, all right, in spiritual warfare, all right? Uh, so you understand that the basis here is that I have a victory in Christ by way of his sacrifice, and therefore it's on the basis of that that it is, all right, a victory that he has gotten that I now come to experience that victory. Now, so there's an unscriptural. Now, when it's correct, there's an, it dominates the consciousness of people. And when you talk spiritual warfare, sometimes people, that's what they're thinking. That's why I started this way. There's this unscriptural, cultural understanding and practice about the spirit realm. In other words, before people got saved, if you are heavily exposed to spiritual things, then you approach it with that consciousness. Now, this is to say, if, let's say, your family background, they took you to go and meet, all right, all these prophets and all these things, and they'll say this. When you come into Pentecostal movement and they're talking spiritual thing, many people are using that understanding to approach it. Now, I'm saying this here. That is to say, if they told you that, you know, okay, and I'll show this, uh, that it's warfare, all right, it's some, it's some uh, demonic spirits, and, and you didn't have the light of God, you didn't end up on the sacrifice of Jesus, the basis there, because there is an understanding that has filtered into the church, all right, that is cultural there, and practices about the spirit realm that is actually rooted in the African tradition and not Bible. Now, I want to say this here. 
And that kind of thing, I won't say it there, always, all right, I, I, I'm explain, I'll explain how, how people arrive at it. It's an understanding. So it's the kind of understanding of that, all right, that, you know, and, and it's very easy. That, that's why I said it, it is very easy for somebody to have a problem in his business and you just see a black cat that lives around that area, it is very easy to the African man to tell him is that black cat causing his problem and he believes it. He accepts it. You can even tell him that the bird that is perched in the, maybe the electric meter that put his nest there and after he laid the eggs was when the trouble started. Now go and check. And people will open themselves to that kind of thing. And when you call a prayer meeting, they're addressing those eggs. <laughs> and people find that practical. Are you following what I'm saying here? So when you come out and talk about biblical spiritual warfare in their minds, that's what they think about. All right? That's exactly what I think. And once you think like that, then no other thing matters apart. You see, every other thing you are saying that they are teaching, even if they take you to MBA class, it doesn't, you, you might be taking it because you want a degree. All right? Or say I finished MBA. But as far as you are really concerned, the problem in the business is not all these things. That is, a person can go to Harvard and come back from Harvard and believe that those eggs is what is not causing the business to move. Because it has been deeply entrenched from childhood, that kind of system. Are you following what I'm saying? Okay. So there's a strong emphasis, all right, in this part of the world. How wrong with this here? A strong emphasis on the place of the invisible spirit realm in shaping the affairs of men. So it's right there. And we have to get the balance. The invisible realm in shaping the affairs of men. Where the question that is now being asked by people is not that a business is not growing, is not what is really happening. That's not the question. But who is behind this thing? Do you get what I'm saying? So everything is somebody's behind it. This is why, all right, you, you can, you, even when that comes to church, I mean, worshiping, they can take them. And somebody comes and says, there are three people behind and people accept it. All right? Because there is even something in the minds of people that they don't want to take responsibility for their lives. So the sooner you tell them that there are some forces outside them causing the problem, they are very happy to say that that's where the problem is. So everything, therefore, must be attributed to someone. Now, that someone could be spiritual, that's a spirit being, or a physical being, but it's rooted in someone. Now, if we don't explain this, 
Now, Christianity will be at great risk. And it's already happening. There's, there's, there's already movement, you know, before you have a tsunami, there's movement underneath. In other words, if people begin to come to this conclusion, and they will eventually, that the hospitals are not working, and you are saying that it's some spiritual forces. The light, uh, we don't have electricity, you are saying that it's some demonic forces. Ethiopia was without electricity. They were worse than us 20 years ago. They were in deep farming. Books were written about the demonic forces there. It is not that more Christians got into the place. They overcame those things. They have speed trains. They have all those things. Nigeria, who is saying you are the giant, is still stuck in this. After some time, people are going to come to the conclusion that it is this religion that is the problem. And they will not be far from the truth. It is the way and manner is being taught to people that is causing people, all right, not to exercise themselves. Are you following what I'm saying? Okay? Which means, I've done time with us and think, wait, what's going on here? All right? I want you to me. Now, how come? All right? Because you get there, somebody says it's this, you try there, somebody says it's that, you, you know, and they're attributing to things on the outside. Now, Pentecostalism thrived in Africa because of this, which means that the reason why the Pentecostal movement quickly caught fire in Africa was because the Pentecostal movement was really the only Christian movement that talked about the invisible realm and talked about the fact that what you see playing out in the natural realm starts in the realm of the spirit. So the African man go quickly. Are you, you understand what I'm saying here? In other words, I mean, you have somebody has a failed marriage and attributes it to demonic forces, no character def defect. What when you are shifting it off yourself? You ask a person, why are you not succeeding in business? And takes the reason on the outside. Which means it has nothing to do with my knowledge level. Has nothing to do with whether I'm ignorant. It is forces on the outside blocking this thing. It has nothing to do whether the idea is correct. Are you following what I'm saying here? Nothing. And once you like that, I'll show you where, where what now that starts leading to. So it thrived in Africa because it recognized this realm and quickly integrated this realm, all right, into everyday life. Now I'll explain this. So here's how, therefore, it is, you know, Paul talk, about, talked about the fact that he knew a man that went into the third heavens. So the understanding is you have the earth, Right, what you call the first heavens. If you say the third heavens, then there are at least three. So the first one, you see the clouds, which is physical, the earthly realm. Then you have the third heavens, where, which is heaven, where you say people are going to heaven, okay? Where God dwells and resides. Where streets are paved with gold. Are you following me? Then there's the third, second, third or the second one called heavenly places. Where, when you talk about heavenly places, where he says, we are seated together with Christ in heavenly places. Now, we are seated together with Jesus, but we are not in heaven, we are on the earth. 
So you are talking about positions in the realm of the spirit. So for, for just for descriptive reasons, let us say heaven is somewhere when you get there, you can touch its buildings. The earth also is like that, but the heavenly places, all right, uh, just which means that there's a heavenly place next to you here in the invisible realm. Are you following what I'm saying here? Yeah? Uh-huh. So a principality, it's, it's, not, it's not a physical location. These are positions in the realm of spirit. Now, there's your understanding. Between the earth and heaven, you have to go through the heavenly places for you to see things on the earth. So, so like Daniel, when he prayed, the prince of Persia in the heavenly places now blocked, and therefore, right, the warfare is in the heavenly places. Now, so you have demons that are operating there. You have angels that are operating there that there was war. Okay? Now, so the understanding in the African culture is that in order for you to prosper, those quote-unquote demonic spirits that are against the prosperity of a man, if you can pacify them, then they'll take their hands off your affairs. All right? And when they take their hands off your affairs, which can be close to the truth that if you bow before me, Jesus, I will allow you. So what happens is, you therefore go and meet a priest. Saying that you have no knowledge of the realm of the spirit. But there are people that are trained who understand that realm. Who therefore will tell that individual when they come, what is your problem? He will say it. He will describe the sacrifices to that person that that God requires. Do you get what I'm saying here? That's the spiritual being behind your problem. Are you following what I'm saying here? Now, he's the only one that can offer that sacrifice, so you, you cannot. That's his one that will tell you. You cannot. All right? He's the one that will negotiate with them. You cannot negotiate. Are you following what I'm saying here? So, you have surrendered your life to that priest. Do you get what I'm saying? Then it takes control, no matter how educated you are. If tells you take off your clothes, and at 12, 12 midnight, begin to walk around your neighborhood, the people will do it. Go to the beach, and they will do it. Because he's saying that is what that God requires. Without which you will be punished by him and nothing you do on the earth will prosper. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818-600-0082. God bless you.
So it's this animism that has crept into that movement there. Uh, it's, a, it's something that will have been so powerful that Satan came to corrupt. He, he understood that, that once these people get to it, all right, once they just get to it, that if they're in any situation, they understand that the blood has answered for everything. And that everything answers to the blood. And that if they're in a situation there, and they don't get confused. I mean, I mean, truth about the matter is, I'm saying to people, you see, you see, people, look, if we say it in English, people will say no, no. But people actually believe that after the death of Jesus, there has to be something extra for generational cause to be broken. That's what they believe. Oh. That is, there must be some. You can't. No, it's not enough. Are you saying we should just be worshiping and thanking God that we are delivered? Ah, no. There is something else that has to be done. Do you get what I'm saying? And, 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 man, I'm not saying that the family, you can, people can see patterns. I, I know that there's a pattern that is destructive inside this family. But the way out of it is to yield yourself based on the sacrifice of Jesus as one that is free from that pattern. And if you stand in that liberty where Christ has set you free, then you are fighting the warfare because you are standing on the grounds that I'm free. That's the warfare. If you get out of what Jesus has done to fight, do you get what I'm saying? Somebody, I'm going to need to sound the guy now. I mean, serious testimony on quantum leap. Serious. I've never heard this kind of thing before. He, well, was to travel, got his. I mean, God found Supernatural to go and do it, a course in America. Right? I mean, when he got there, he went to get the visa, thought everything would be fine. The lady he was supposed to get married to had, had gone to America. When he got there, they refused him. He said, Pastor, I've seen that. Worship, fasting, and then worshiping on the basis of Jesus is the answer to everything. He wrote me. He said, I went back. Now, they refused to American visa. He said, in worship, he saw that God showed him in worship. There is more to your life than just that cause, is what I wanted to show you. So I've repositioned in the realm of the spirit to go back for the visa. He said, seven days after he went back, they don't, they don't reverse a decision in seven days. It's not done. They will tell you, come back at least three months. It's on their paper. He went back. He said his father told him, you are going back. He said when he went back, he had a worse interview. That's when we were asking him. He said, he, as far as he was concerned, he didn't answer as brilliantly as the last time. The man just said, come for your visa. He said he looked at it. Well, to cut long story short, he got to America. He said when he got there, the chap told him, somebody had been invited him to a church. He said he just didn't go. He, he used to listen online. All right. Finally, the day he decided to let him go, maybe after two months, 
when he went to the bank, I said, let me introduce you to our pastor. He met the pastor, and the pastor was asking something about green card. He said he was saying, I said, ah, people like you, it's very easy to get green card, and there's a way in which you can do it. He called somebody up. He said, within, before he finished his course, he had a green card. When he started talking about the, the when I looked at it, he did everything by himself. Do you understand what I'm saying here? I mean, Jesus said, whosoever shall say to this mountain, he didn't say some people, he said, whosoever, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe. Now, are you a whosoever? Yes. <laughs> I mean, you are not a whosoever. Okay. So, does that cover you? Yes. yes. So, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that what he is saying shall come to pass, he shall have what, what you are believing for isn't a whatsoever. So, a whosoever can have a whatsoever. But, but you see, people don't know. No. They'll say no. Now, <laughs> now, what it says here is, if you doubt not. In other words, if it doesn't work, then know that what you think is doubt is not doubt. So what exactly is he saying? Because if I can eliminate that from my heart, and I'm speaking to it. Now, not that I'm speaking about it. Not that I am... I am, I, am, I am just saying something. I am saying something. I am saying, you, you know, somebody said this and it's right. The key to success, first step, is you have to have a definite goal. People refuse to have a definite goal because of the fear of failure. They don't want proper appraisal of themselves. They want to hide under something, all right, that you are blessed even though there is no quantifiable progress. Because once you set a goal, then you know that you succeeded or failed. It's clear. Now, if you fail, then you can start learning. But you don't learn when you are doing generality here. So, he says, whosoever shall say to this mountain. People don't talk to their mountains. They talk about how God can bless them. Do you get what I'm saying? All right? So, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. Let's move the scripture alone. Let's just assume here. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men. One. We're even struggling to say this now. One. The man Christ Jesus. So there is one person between you. It therefore says, by him therefore, by him therefore, which means that, all right, if you want to get to the Father, you get to the Father through Jesus. Now, Jesus has said, the way to the Father is by my blood. In other words, I have put down a sacrifice, all right, because here is what was said there. It was saying that, God was saying, my hand is not shutting that I cannot save, my ear is heavy that I can't. He says, it's your sins and iniquity that have kept you away. Now, Jesus says, this is it now. I have now offered a sacrifice that has removed that sin blockage 
between you and the Father. So you can now come to him. When you get there and you see his face, he will write his laws in your heart and put them in your mind. By the time he finishes, you will disregard the sin you were doing before you saw him. Do you get what we're saying? So, you don't have to stop. Hear what I'm saying? This is what the grace people don't get. You don't have to stop sinning to see God, but once you see him, you stop sinning. That's what they don't get. If you say you have seen him and you are sinning, you didn't see him. That's why he says, if a man says, I know God, and he loves not his brother, that man is a liar. He said, professing that they know him, but by their works deny him. In other words, once you know him, the Bible says no man can see God and remain the same. That old man will die. He says, beholding him, we are transformed. Once you see him, you change. Are you, you get what I'm saying? I mean, if you are here, if you are here, and inside this place, you're all sitting. This place was covered in black. In black, eh? And you just came for service. And I said, come. Come and look inside the area. And you entered. And you saw massive lions. That nobody here knew. And then you say, go out. You know, by the time you come out, <laughs> the way you'll be looking at people, people will say, what do you see? All right? So you're preaching here, and I say, be calm, be calm. You will be. <laughs> there won't be any problem. You will be calm. All right? So he's saying, if you see God, are you following what I'm saying? So, animism there, therefore, teaches a transactional God, which means this God does those transactions. He doesn't transform. Are you following what I'm saying? Let me tell you. It's, it's like what F.M. Bosworth said. He said, people are asking God to repair a leakage in the pipe inside their house, but are refusing to allow him inside the house to repair it. So it's like you are a transactional God. That is, I want my business to grow, but I don't want you to enter my life and change anything about the way I do things. This God says, you are confronted with something here. He says, I will write my laws. This is how I'm going to change it. There are laws you do not know, which means you are believing me for anything. It will come to pass once you allow me to write those laws. That's what Reverend Sal was talking about when I was talking about systems. That is, there are principles. There are, I will write to you. Wait, wait, is there some mystery to it? I will write the code inside your heart. Let's be language you understand. I will write the program. Right? I will change. There's a program inside you producing that thing. I went, no, you don't do it all. I will enter and I will change the program. And, and he says, I will write new laws, all right, and change the program. 
and you will realize the mistakes you have been making. And those sins and iniquity, I will have mercy upon them. But you be a changed man. So there is nothing that God does for you that he doesn't change you for it to come to pass. Nothing. It's not an external, you cannot remain the same and say God brought something new into your life. Now, nah. it's not a transactional thing. Are you following me? Yeah. Saul so says, well, I mean, pastor, I want my church to go. He will change. You as a person will change. So you can't say that, you know, oh, my business just go, I just go somewhere. Oh, boy. That's what, that's, you see, it's this mindset. That's what people are reacting to. So, so you go somewhere and say, we'll do a, 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 a service for you that your business will, listen, I've told you, even if power does something, you will go back to that and lose that thing unless you match it with wisdom. And God starts with everybody and he's done in God with power. And he says, look, you now have to go in wisdom. I mean, the nation of Israel, he gave them acts. He said, but you better go in my ways. If you don't go in my ways, you will die in the wilderness. That promised land, you won't get there. You just won't get it. So, Christianity there, all right, teaches, all right, transformational God there. So, truth is, demonic spirits are there and they're real, but they all answer to the sacrifice, and that's the first thing, all right, they want you to miss there. They, they don't want you to focus on that sacrifice. Because they know that they will be completely defeated once a person on the grounds of that sacrifice yields. That's why the Bible says he must reign until. Which means you now start yielding yourself to God as one that is in dominion and, and worshiping him there, all right? And then you get into the place there of prayer. All right, but, but you acknowledge the victory that you have through the sacrifice of Jesus. That's why the Bible says they overcame him. The first thing was by the blood. There's that sacrifice there. Without the blood, there, there, is, there is that warfare. The blood is the ground upon which, all right, it's done. That, that's, that's why, that's why uh, Jesus, when he came, he said, look, you, you can't go to anybody but the Lordship of Israel. You, you can only go to the, because there has to be a legal basis upon which this woman said, being a daughter of Abraham, there, there was a covenant that God could say, she's a daughter of Abraham, she has got to be loosed. He, he couldn't go to go, just go to the Gentiles there and do it because, I mean, it was God in flesh, but there was no covenant to do that. So now that he has shed his blood and has laid his sacrifice, he said, everything answers all right to the sacrifice here. Okay. So, a person goes in there and now begins to, to worship God and, and you get, right, the, 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 I mean, knowledge of God's word and you, you use that in, in worship, uh, acknowledging first and foremost the fact that you have victory over this particular thing through the blood of Jesus Christ, right, solely by that blood, right, and you worship 
and then you are now ready because it's a perfect sacrifice. And the Bible says it's a perfected praise that is based on a perfect sacrifice which has to do, all right, with the Jesus Christ that died. And therefore, you are worshiping the Father on that basis. And the Father says, fine. Now, all right, I will subdue all of your enemies. And once that victory has been won in the place of prayer, then what's going to happen is on the basis of this, I will now be able to write my laws. I will now be able to teach you and write my laws in your heart and put it inside your mind and change the way you think and your sins and iniquities will I remember no more. So the purpose here he wants to get. Now put up Psalm 51. This is what he wants to do. Psalm 51, I believe, and verse 6 and 7. All right. All right. It says, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. Now this is where he says, I will write my laws in your mind. Thou desirest truth in the... Now, this is really what the, the, the demonic forces there don't want to happen. That's truth in the inner part. And it says, in the hidden part, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Verse 7, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. So it says, I want to take, all right, my wisdom in, your, in that hidden part there. And I want to go in to that particular place and begin to write my laws, all right, and, and, and make you clean, all right, in your life and make you white as snow and purge you with hyssop so that you're completely clean. That's the transformatory work I want to do on the inside of you, all right, so you become a brand new person. And it says, all right, in the place of prayer there, you overcome that and, and God begins to do that right on the inside and, and teach you things. And, and this is what he wants to do. He wants to teach you things. He wants to, he wants to open your eyes. I mean, he wants, to, he wants to, 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 to make you know things, right? So all this, we just stand up and we just blame things on the outside. I would just blame, no, he wants to teach you. I mean, God showed me doing this yesterday. He said, that's that thing I'm saying. He said, a slothful man. Now, he said, this is the power and wisdom. A slothful man will not roast what he took hunting. To hunt is power. To roast it is wisdom. So, what, what has happened is that he says, I will use, bring power. And people get this, but, but when your wisdom begins to come, right, then you now start utilizing what power has produced in your life. You start utilizing, you start extracting out of it, all right, what power has produced. But I just want to leave today with this thought here that, look, as an individual, and if you don't, if, I mean, I, I, told, I told a young pastor today, pastor, and it's correct, and I told them, and many of them invite me to preach, so is that I was telling them, particularly if you're in the city. And I told them, I said, look, if you, if you keep inviting great men of God and, and you, are not, you are not at par with them, which means you don't even attempt to, to, you are intimidated. You don't attempt to even exercise your gifts to do that, right? And you feel that by calling men of God into your church, you'll get people to come you just get people to leave your church. 
because the scripture says, to him that has shall not be given. To him that says he has not, even that which he has shall be taken away. That is to say what Paul said. He said, I did not go to anybody. I stayed. And he said, when they saw the grace that was given unto me, then they gave me the right hand and leveled up. So when they were treating as colleagues, then they started doing that. You don't, you can't start feeling inferior, and that's what has happened. Many Christians, I, I know, once you feel inferior, no matter what they preach to you, it won't work. Because if you see yourself as a grasshopper, you take everything as a what? Grasshopper. Let me tell you how you get out of a grasshopper complex. Your next project, just decide. You are not telling any pastor, you are not telling you are believing God yourself. Are you following what I'm saying? This chap that brought his testimony by themselves. You can't take that away from him. Now he's in America. He's navigating it by himself. Serious breakthrough situation. The job he has now is paying him 12 times what he was earning last 12 times. Are you following me? By themselves. All right. And all he said was, I came, he said, I come for service here, but this is the scripture I heard. That's the business of the preacher to explain the scripture. But it's the business of people to go and carry it out by themselves. They can't explain the scripture again to you and carry it by your hand, then you are finished. Are you following what I'm saying? And then what happens is you now have this complex that you have inside your mind and you are thinking, I mean, thinking, I mean, I mean, thinking, thinking, oh, nothing can work in my life, oh, nothing can work in my life, oh, oh, if pastor has not prayed for me, then nothing can happen, oh, pastor, no, no. all right? I've told you before, when Peter and John were in trouble, God helped you that your people are strong. Because they return to their company. It's the company that paid. If, if it's in this place, by the time the pastor is saying his problem, even the company too. <laughs> See? Who shall help us now? <laughs> Everybody goes. Are you following me? All right? So that's how people have to start finding all right, that thing. And you find it in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for a word and by the power of your spirit as that you establish us in this truth and cause it to grow within our consciousness in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818-600-0082. God bless you.